Welcome to the Startup of the Year podcast, where each episode we showcase exciting new companies from around the world. This podcast is produced by Established, creators of the Startup of the Year program. Established is focused on helping organizations with their innovation, startup, and communication strategies. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Startup of the Year podcast. I'm Frank Gruber, the co-founder and co-CEO of Established, and the co-founder of Established Ventures the team behind the Startup of the Year community, and this very podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Jerome Sapp about his company, Rares, which is a platform for investing in shares of a particularly notable sneaker. That's right, sneakerheads. This is going to be what we're talking about all day here. Sneakers, sneakers, sneakers. Jerome is a very interesting person with a really cool background, and uh, he started his career as a professional athlete, actually. So came out of Notre Dame and uh, played for the NFL, and he played for the Indianapolis Colts alongside Peyton Manning and the Baltimore Ravens alongside Ray Lewis. So pretty cool background. And while doing so, he got his uh, degree from Harvard. He got a Harvard MBA as well. So he's got some amazing education and has continued to push ahead in the entrepreneurial world. I met him in Las Vegas a few years ago, and I'm excited to talk to him today about some of his really his latest project, which is an amazing startup uh, doing some really innovative things. So before we jump into the interview, though, I wanted to talk to you about our startup of the year. Our application is open. If you have a startup and you've raised less than $5 million in funding and you are have a functional prototype or you've got you know something that's out there in the world that we can look at, we want you to apply today. Be a part of this amazing community. You can join our community by going over to SOTY.link forward slash apply soty.link forward slash apply. What that gets you is the opportunity for additional connections, community, um, showcasing potential. And we're going to bring 100 of the startups that that apply to our Startup Year annual summit, which will be happening at the end of the year. Uh, We're super excited as we're starting to get life back to normal a little bit. And we're going to be bringing it in person and as well as in in a hybrid method as well. So looking forward to that as well. So Get in there and get, get that application in, SOTY.link forward slash apply. We'd love to see you. I also want to let you know about a partner, uh, partner events. We've, we work with a lot of different partners uh, within the startup community. Uh, we've got some upcoming deadlines and events coming up. So first off, we've got the Venture Lab Hard Tech Conference, which is happening June 20th, uh, 22nd and 23rd. We've got the Aerospace and Defense Week, which is happening June 22nd through 24th. The Rise of the Rest Tech Talent Tour, which is happening on June 22nd through 24th. And the Managing Social Media and Mental Health for Entrepreneurs is happening on June 25th. All great events, go check them out. They'll be in the show notes for you to learn more about and you know sign up. Next, we always want our founders of our community to use the best tools available. And did you know that th- thousands of tech founders across the country are getting billions of dollars back from Uncle Sam every year for working on startups? Yes, that's right, you heard me right. There's something out there called Research and Development Tax Credit, and it's available for any startup that is developing products and or technologies, and you don't have to be profitable yet to qualify. So, you know, our friends over at TaxTaker are making it super easy for startup founders to get out there and save, um, you know, and take advantage of these, these opportunities. So it's a 100% free to sign up, and you can go out and if you qualify, they'll go out and help you get those, those credits. So go to taxtaker.com forward slash S-O-T-Y. That's right, taxtaker.com forward slash S-O-T-Y. And be sure to check out um, and file those, you know, basically they're going to help you file this year and and maybe you're leaving some money on the table and they'll be able to tell you. So again, taxticker.com forward slash S-O-T-Y. Okay, now let's listen to the conversation I had with Jerome Sapp about Rares, his new startup. 
Welcome, Jerome Sapp. So great to see you. It's been a while since we last spoke in downtown Las Vegas. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's good to reconnect with you. Uh, seems like it's been forever since downtown Las Vegas. It, it sure has. Definitely. A lot of time has passed. Um, and so excited to talk to you today about your new company, Rares. And so for those who are not familiar, can you explain a little bit more about what Rares is all about so our listeners can get the whole kind of picture? Absolutely. So Rares essentially is the world's first true true stock market for collectible sneakers, meaning we figured out a way or I figured out a way and my team supported me and has done an amazing job supporting me. Um, uh, we figured out a way to turn sneakers into stocks. So there are securities that act like stocks. So we actually figured out a way to securitize a sneaker and, you know, with the actual SEC. So all of our shoes are SEC qualified. Um, and we split those shoes into um, into shares and investors can come in and buy shares, frac fractional shares in those shoes. So when the value of the sneaker rises, so do the shares that you own in the shoe. So we, we figured out a way to allow you to make money off collectible sneakers or appreciating sneakers without ever having to physically own the shoe. Um, it's a $2 billion a year industry. And when I say $2 billion a year, meaning the segment of the sneaker industry that's just looking to flip the shoe to make money, meaning buy the sneaker at a low price then quickly turn around and sell it at a high price. Um, that $2 billion is projected to grow to $30 billion in less than a decade. So it's a huge market segment out there that just wants to make money off the shoe. They don't want to wow. wear the shoe. They don't want to do anything else, but literally make money off the shoe. So we figured out a way, a creative way um, to allow them to do that without ever having to go through the hassles of standing in line to 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 buy a shoe or going through the a sneaker lottery, uh, which you know they they've been really priced out and and a lot of other things that, that, to make it difficult getting the shoe. So we are the leader in the alternative asset investing space, and we just launched literally a month ago. Wow, that's amazing! And just to get everyone up to speed, because I'm not a sneaker sneaker person, I do have a lot of, of shoes, but I, I don't flip shoes like you just explained. What is there a name for that? I, I know there's sneakerheads, and I, I felt like that's like more geared towards people that collect the shoes and like you know put them in a in a case and, and look at them. What yep. is there a name for folks that do what you just explained? Um, it's it's all encompassing, man. You yeah. know the beauty of this market is it, it. There's so many different personas that take part in it. But to the point you just made, sneakerhead is is literally what they call it. Now sneakerheads okay. collect sneakers, they flip sneakers, they wear sneakers. You know it's it's an old adage in the sneakerhead community, which I'm a part of, that says you know one you know one to cop, one to stock. Meaning, you know, one, I'm going to buy to wear, another one, I'm going to buy to actually literally put up in my closet and never wear, just let it collect and, and appreciate. So we're really taking that old adage to the next level in terms of stock by turning it into a real stock. And now you, you literally can just buy one and invest in one, um, which is literally one of the um, or a few of the initiatives we have going with some of the bigger brands or, or will will have going with some of the bigger brands. But Great. yeah, we, we just make it convenient, you know, um, through technology. This is the next evolution of the sneaker game. Um, mm -hmm. It's almost like work smarter, not harder. If you don't have to go out and physically acquire the shoe, but you still make money off of it, why not? Oh, that makes sense. It kind of, yeah, it definitely reminds me of like baseball cards. And then you've got like 
folks that are doing this kind of similar in the baseball car realm, but then also kind yep. of like fantasy sports where people are collecting people and, and going through the whole process. So um, that might be a little Absolutely. bit of a jump, but it, you know, people love, you know, being a part of this and it sounds like that's where what you're gearing towards. Where did the idea come from? It sounds like you're, you're a sneakerhead yourself. So I wanted to hear the kind of backstory though. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great story, Frank. So I was actually at, um, so, so just a little bit of my background. I, I went to, I was actually, I went to, I played six years in the NFL but while I was playing in the NFL, I got my MBA at Harvard Business School. So during the off seasons. So one time I was literally walking to class and a kid accidentally stepped on my on my Jordan 11 sneakers. Now, these were collectible ones. I should, probably should wow. have been wearing those sneakers. Um, <laughs> so he stepped on them. He didn't know any better. So and he did apologize. So it was all good. Um, so I got to class and I'm like wiping my sneaker off and I'm thinking, man, there's got to be a better way <laughs> to, to do this sneaker game thing, you know, without having to physically have to own the shoe or wear the shoe. Um, it's got to be a way for you to derive value out of it. So things like this don't doesn't don't happen. And literally, that, that's where the first concept of of rares came about um, in terms of alternative asset investing. So this is literally alternative asset investing, a new asset class, a new way of investing. And we feel like this is the, the way of the future uh, with the, the, the um, generation coming up. You know, they want to invest in things that they know. Well, everyone wants to invest in things that they know. But more, moreover, they want to invest in things that they know, but, but feel like it's making an effort to know them back. Um, and, and that's what sneakers, sneakers are. It's tangible. It's relatable. They see it everywhere. They have some a lot. Most most people have some level of knowledge of sneakers. Even if you're not a sneakerhead, you know what an Air Jordan is, and you right. probably know what an Air Jordan One is, which is yep. the holy grail of Air Jordans. Especially if you got a 1985 Air Jordan One. So mm -hmm. this is something that's very relatable, um, and we feel like it's in some ways the new Matisse of this generation. You know, um, and we literally banked a business around that concept. That's great. And, you know, so it sounds like you kind of have this community of, of people already that, you know, are seeking these types of things. So is that I mean, how did you you know jump into that, you know, to find your first customer? You know, like I think, you know, True. it pro True. probably isn't <laughs> you've got a whole group there. It's probably not difficult, but maybe I don't want to assume anything. So maybe share a little bit more about how you you were able to kind of get in front of people. Yeah, Frank, you just asked the most important question, man. Because though I knew there was a, it was two billion dollars worth of individuals out there who were looking, as we talked about earlier, looking to literally buy a sneaker low, then quickly sell it high. When I say quickly, immediately, meaning you can buy a sneaker at retail like Foot Locker, Finish Line, for one hundred and fifty dollars if you're able to buy it at retail and literally instantly turn around and sell it on a secondary market, which is like StockX or eBay for 10x or even more sometimes. Um, so I knew that it was $2 billion worth of people out there. So when I first came up with this concept like three years ago, um, it was hard, man, <laughs> to be honest with you. I literally got told no 87 times. I was all in wow. Silicon Valley and I started counting after like 40. Like, like <laughs> let me count these no's, man, because the no's started to become inspiration to me because I knew I had a concept. I knew the concept was there because I knew there was a market there. Um, and the company Rally Road just got started right after I started pitching this idea. So I knew I knew there was a market for alternative asset investing. They started right. doing it with collectible automobiles. And I was like, well, shoot, if they can do it with collectible automobiles, I know my concept can work. Um, 
So it really got to really in the pandemic, man, pandemic. So literally I'd shut it down and saved, start saving money, said, listen, this is a concept that some people just need to be shown. They can't be told because it's, it's, a, it's a far off belief for some people to think that a sneaker is a new asset class. Um, but I knew that it was. I knew three years ago, I knew that a sneaker um, had outperformed collectively sneakers, the sneaker industry in terms of reselling and, and you know, in, in return on investment had outperformed gold, the S&P 500 and many other top traditional securities. I knew wow. that I knew that. And a lot of these investors didn't know that or didn't believe that. Right. Um, so I sat on the idea and literally saved money. And then during the pandemic, I was like, OK, it's time, man. I got nothing but time. <laughs> I'm doing nothing but wasting time if I don't get going right now. And we literally started testing the market, started, you know, talking with sneaker blogs and Reddit and, you know, all these different communities. And, and also that's the other thing about our platform. We haven't turned it on yet, but we have we, the, the concept of social investing, which is creating, you know, we're not trying to build a social network, right? No one needs another social network, but making investments social where if you want to, if you want to make your, your profile public, you know, you could talk about what you invested in, why you invested in it. You can share that investment out to your other social medias, media outlets, and talk about it too. Because we all, the sneaker industry or the sneaker head industry is very siloed, but they're very talkative though. So we were like, okay, let's bring them all together. So basically, we started talking to these communities and said, okay, well, if we educate people enough, because we knew this was a new concept. We said, if we educate people enough, I think people will gravitate towards it because it, all it is is creating something they're already doing, creating an activity they're already doing, but making it simpler. So we got enough yeses to say, okay, let's pull the trigger. So we, we pulled the trigger and started building the platform out literally during the pandemic. And it's a patent pending. It's patent pending. We have patent protection over our trading engine, uh, which is actually makes, makes us have a huge advantage in the market. Um, and that's where we are right now. We 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 literally followed the community in terms of what they want. We mixed that with what we thought they wanted. Um, in terms, of, you know, we we took a little Steve Jobs approach to it, and Excellent. and you know, we we created rares and and to this day, you know, we've been mentioned over two million times in the media, and we've had articles. I think over twenty three hundred global articles, national and global articles, written on us. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Cause like I think you the way you launched was well, you made a lot of 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 caught a people a lot of people's attention, I think, with yep. <laughs> with with one big kind of splash. And I, I was gonna ask yep. you about, you know, the crown jewel pair of sneakers that you have, but let's just yep. dive right in. So you, you guys bought a, um a pair of Yeezys, right? So from Kanye West, one of the first kind of prototype shoes, and it yep. went for one point eight million dollars. Talk us through how that all happened and you know. The, the 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 thought process behind it and then also like how did you you know pony up the capital and all that so let's let's get i want to hear that story frank man you're getting into the juicy stuff man i like it <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's what it was so sotheby's sotheby's um literally you know they reached out to me because they saw that we were generating some traction and they said hey we have these pair of sneakers we're we thought of you guys let's make a deal and I said, yeah, let's let's make this deal. So let me rewind that a little bit. So we we were in the TechStars program. So we were okay. in the TechStars LA uh, 2021 class. We just quote unquote graduated from it. And oh, we were, you know, it, it was, 
the funny thing is we were trying to figure out what our go-to-market strategy was and we were getting hammered every day no that's not the one you should go with no that's not the one you should go with so i remember <laughs> we were in a team meeting a virtual team meeting and we we're really trying to figure out how we we're going to enter the market the best way to enter this market with the, with the biggest splash possible and literally the day later sotheby's called me bram watcher called me and was like hey jerome let's make a deal man uh, this this shoe is perfect for you guys so we it took us about a day to negotiate the terms of it in terms of the price and everything and, and i said hey this is our go-to-market strategy you know and to be honest with you there, there was a personal connection with that shoe so it wasn't just that this shoe and, and the shoe that we're talking about is the yeezy one prototype meaning all the yeezys that you see now um this was the nike prototype basically the, right. And for those not familiar, that's Kanye West's shoe he designed. So he designed this prototype and then he went out and did a deal with Nike and created one with Nike. And then and then he yep. pulled that back and did some stuff like I think he has now with Adidas, right? It's Adidas. Yeah. But this yep. was the first one he did with Nike, the one that set off his global billion dollar a year footwear and fashion brand. So and this wow. was the first time Nike ever collabed with with a non-athlete. So this there was a lot of first and new beginnings with with this with this sneaker right here which is why it's worked so much i mean most people look at it as a sneaker the sneaker community looks at it as a piece of art because it is right. it's a it's not it's it's even more than a one of a kind it's a prototype basically that he wore literally during the grammys um when he was literally making his transition in from kanye west the amazing producer rapper to this global superstar and this was the first time nike said okay Let's collab with a guy like this. And he actually helped design it too. So rewind back to 2008 when I was retiring from the NFL. I remember him performing in those shoes. And I remember the feeling I had retiring from the NFL. Like, man, now what? You know, it's almost all the athletes, I don't care what sport you play, all athletes go through this, this sort of identity purgatory, where it's almost like, what now? Like, what am I going to do with my career, my life now? I've been an athlete my whole life. And this affects everyone. I don't care if you're educated. I don't care if you're going into a new job, a great job. You're st there's still a void of, man, now what type thing. And I remember watching that performance and thinking, man, like there's <laughs> like Kanye just reinvented himself literally instantly on stage. And these sneakers were a part of it. You know, new beginnings can bring, you know, better endings to, to the story. And that was like one of the inspirations for me to get into the entrepreneurial world like go from being an athlete to jump into the entrepreneurial world. And I remember that. I remember that feeling. Um, so now fast forward to Bram calling me from Sotheby's. I was like, man, the chance for me to kind of buy this sneaker that literally kicked off my entrepreneur career. And that is the grail in the sneaker industry. And we have a chance to purchase this sneaker. Um, and we felt like we actually underpaid a little bit for it based on what the market We'll, we'll pay for it. So we made the deal. We made the deal. The hardest part about it was was sitting on that news for a month, wow. actually for three weeks, because um, they wanted to make sure that their their PR and their media was all aligned and, and right. was aligned with our PR. It's a big launch. You know, it's a big a big moment, I guess you could say. And that's Jerome. I love that story. I love it for many reasons. One being the the personal side of it, and you yep. figuring you know finding your north star with entrepreneurship. And then secondly, obviously being able to tie it back to your new new company, it's um, it seemed like the perfect fit, literally. Oh, it, it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, yep. And, you know, we still endured the days of, you know, having to sit on it with tech stars 
and uh, not be able to tell everybody. And they still give us crap about our go-to-market strategy. I was like, well, you just wait till we <laughs> unveil this this new go-to-market strategy. But but yeah, it, it tied perfectly with with life, with with my life, and everything that I that I stood for in terms of how you can re 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 reinvent yourself. I don't care what you've gone through, you know what you what, you know what. It, it doesn't matter. It matters what what tomorrow brings to you and what you're doing to to affect tomorrow. And that's what that purchase of that sneaker meant for me personally, not to mention what it was going to do for our company. So when we launched that sneaker, oh man, it was we couldn't keep up with the media like requests from that. I mean, I, I've I've been in you know locker rooms of playoff winning teams with Peyton Manning and Ray Lewis, and the and I've never had to turn down media because it was coming in so fast and you know it was it was kind of it was fun you know it's also too all of our tech star cohort companies were in like they were i mean they, they'd never seen anything like it and we were the first company to kind of excel out of this accelerator now to okay now you're known globally and <laughs> you're the first one so you know so it was cool like to really you know, the next day the next you know over the next week really talk to the, the other companies about the media and the experience and how we did our go-to-market strategy. And it was a, it was a learning, it was, you know, we, we all learned from that because it was nothing we, any of us have ever experienced. So, and it really put our company in the driver's seat of alternative asset investments as it relates to sneakers. And obviously at some point we're going to move on to other assets too. Um, us being a Techstar LA cohort company, and this was a music um um, accelerator program right we have many of the the biggest record labels invested in us so warner music group is an investor concord media is an investor um sony's coming in so we have relationship with artists meaning you know artist memorabilia or if artist wears a sneaker on stage we could turn around and ipo that sneaker um and allow their fans to invest in that sneaker and own a piece of that artist so uh, we have a lot of amazing um Amazing things in the future that I'm excited about. Yeah, it sounds like it. And um, it sounds like uh, Harvard, <laughs> where you got your MBA, may have a case study to work through as well. <laughs> this this yeah, launch and the way that, how that all went down. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, yeah. So that was the, the first sneaker. And it's going to be going, for those of you not familiar with Rares, it's it's not launched yet, right? It's, it's going to be coming out soon and people will be able to buy shares. Talk through us through that user experience, what that might look like with that uh, upcoming cool. availability. Well, actually, uh, the, so you're right. The Yeezy sneaker is not available yet, but we've actually launched three IPOs already. Um, the Yeezy sneaker will be sometime in, in August. Uh, we, we have a partnership that <laughs> that's pretty cool that we're going to unveil in a few weeks that we're going to launch that Yeezy sneaker around. But, but we, we actually have three IPOs going in the platform right now. So to answer your question, Frank, how does that work? Literally, you come on, you fund your wallet, um, there's, there's, there's some information we have to ask you because we're SEC qualified or regulated, meaning the, SEC, the same suits that regulate the, the stock market regulate us as well. So you know it's legit. So we have to ask you certain questions. So once you fund your wallet, you literally come in and, and see which sneaker you want to invest in. And the thing about us, uh, we create media around all of our assets, all of our sneakers, meaning there's a short video that you can watch that literally educates you on why this sneaker is investment grade. You know, what is what is its cultural relevance? Why should I care about this sneaker? Why should I put money into this sneaker? You know, because as I mentioned earlier, Frank, a lot of our users, the personas aren't sneakerheads. You know, we have people who just come on that, that are, are investment people. They just want to make a quick buck. 
We have people who come on who are nostalgia hunters, meaning, you know, maybe they got their first kiss in high school wearing that 1986 or 85 sneaker. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they want to invest in a a happy part of their past. Um, Or, you know, our tagline is invest in the culture. So we play a, you know, we really play on culture because we feel like the cultures and communities that made the sneaker industry what it is, it's in some ways were left behind by the sneaker industry. Um, and I, I grew up in that culture and community. Um, so we want to pay homage to that culture and, and invite them back in to participate and participate on the financial back end of investing in these sneakers. So there's a lot of different personas. So we don't take for granted that you may not know anything about this sneaker and that's okay. We'll educate you about the sneaker and why you need to invest in it. So, and just in terms of investment amount, so it's very cheap or relatively cheap. You know, you can invest in a sneaker for as little as $15 a share, you know, versus, you know, for example, we have a sneaker IPO going on right now called the GOAT package, which involves four different, it's almost like a mutual fund. It has four different sneakers in this IPO. So there's two Kobe Bryant um, player edition sneakers meaning they weren't mass produced, only Kobe and his friends, small group of friends got them. And then there's two 1985 um, Air Jordan 1, 1985 original OGs. So that's a $55,000 IPO, but I believe you can invest in it for, I think it's, you know, $100, you know, $100 you can invest in it, a share. Um, So we also have Apple sneaker, which is actually one of my favorites. So in the early late 80s early 90s steve jobs and apple you know wanted to make their employees comfortable so they made apple sneakers now no one ever knew that these sneakers would be collectible collectible items and now we have a pair of them a pair of those sneakers on the platform that you can invest in i believe for i think 30 dollars a share so we make it affordable um you know like i said we want to uh, allow people to invest in these collectible investment grade sneakers um right. At, at, at an easy, you know, easy at a, in, in simplicity. So that's right. the other thing, Frank. I didn't, I didn't talk about that. When we talk about collectible sneakers, what does that really mean, right? Like, so most people are probably thinking they're, you know, I got a pair of sneakers. Are they investment grade? <laughs> like, right. which is a great question. So probably not. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you know, like bust people's bubble. So when we're talking about investment grade sneakers, for us, that's a sneaker that's five thousand dollars or higher. That, okay. that literally the sneaker costs that much. So we have sneakers that are up to $1.8 million a pair. And we have sneakers that are $100,000, $300,000 a pair. Now, your your listeners may be like, well, wow, what makes a sneaker get to that uh, price? Yeah, well, I was going to ask you that. How did, what, what, can, what makes it a, a rare sneaker rare, I guess you could say? Yep, that's a good question. So the, this, all the same mechanics and elements in the market that make a make anything else expensive, scarcity, supply and demand, who the collaboration was, meaning d- did Nike collab with an artist that is that is huge, like Travis Scott. So Travis Scott came out, a Houston rapper actually, and Nike did a, a Jordan with him. And those Jordans are, some of them, if you can get your hands on them, they're, you know, 30, 40, $50,000, you know, um, right. just because Nike does a good job of controlling supply and demand also. They'll only release 10 of them and the whole world would go after those 10. And they do a good job of saying, okay, well, we'll release another four, another three, you know, six months from now. So they do a great job of controlling supply and demand because they understand what that does to the market for the sneaker. Um, but also, like I said, scarcity and then the, the collab of who is with, how old it is. If they're not making them anymore, 
and they're not going to make anything like it again. So that's why the Yeezy, the Nike Yeezy prototype is so important because Nike will never make another Yeezy like that because Yeezy or Kanye West moved to Adidas. And so that literally right. is the last of that shoe. So super rare. Also, yeah, very rare. Very rare yep. shoe. Uh, that so, makes sense. It, it's interesting. I'm curious, how are you going to stay ahead of this? Like you, you've got, you know, a few uh, shoes right now available. You know, it sounds like summer, you got to have a lot of powder to be able to keep keep ahead of this game, it sounds like. And I just want to hear like a little bit more about your capitalization yep. and your plan, because it's um, yep. it's really fascinating. You're building literally a marketplace for, I mean, yep. a new stock market for for people that care about shoes. Absolutely. And, and Frank, you asked the right question, man. So before we launched, we, we, we stockpiled about $300,000 worth of shoes. So we probably have another 100 IPOs in the chamber, so to speak. <laughs> um, and as you hit it right on the head, summertime. Summertime, we need a lot of powder to keep this going. So um, in terms of capitalization, uh, we during Techstars, actually, so two and a half months of Techstars, we raised one point, basically $1.1 million just quickly. Um, and like I said, we have some huge people on the cap table, Warner Music Group, um, the W Fund out of New York, um, yep. you know, Concord. I mean, just some great people. Um, and now, we'll, you know, we close that round, you know, quicker than we, we ever imagined. Um, and now we're we're raising a, a, a proper C plus. Some people call it an A round. So we're raising, we still haven't decided. So four to 10 million right now. So we really want to take advantage of the momentum we have and everything we have going for us in the market um, and our position in the market too. Um, Cause we want to scale into other things, you know and everything has to revolve around culture. Everything has to tell a cool cultural story. Um, so even if we get into art, you know we, and we start, you know IPO and Warhols we'll do a Warhol with a Jordan one too to connect the old and the, and the new form of art together type thing. So, um, you know, our future, our future is bright. I'm, I'm confident because not because of you know anything other than we have an amazing team and the, the concept is real. There's a real tangible asset behind what we're selling and the value of it. Um, so basically, yeah, that's where we're going. You know, we, that's interesting. And the, the timing is is everything, right? The pandemic, we're all sitting behind computers and or you know sitting at our desks a little bit more at home, a little bit more allowed people and allowed you to work, but allowed everyone else to kind of see you know slow down a little bit and see what what's going on. So I see that. Along with that, we saw the rise of this new kind of, some people are calling it even Web 3.0, like N NFT kind of Web 3.0 crypto space. And yep. I know you're not using that model, but it, it kind of parallels it a little bit. So I wanted to hear a little bit more of your thoughts about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to your point, Frank, people are, people are oh, their imagination is opening to alternative ways of putting their money in different places, um, including NFTs. Um, and, you know, I, I don't talk bad about anything, you know, I mean, we can, we're actually, um, so we, we have a, we have a, a, a big partnership coming up where, you know, we'll, we'll turn, if you buy shares in a sneaker, we'll turn those shares into NFTs to allow you to get other things. So we're already having that in the works, but Interesting. just remember, there's nothing tangible behind an NFT, you know? um except an imagination which sometimes can be the most tangible thing in the world believe me um but there's a tangible product behind sneakers right you know when we when we say this ipo is worth this much this is because that sneaker is priced to be worth that much so um you know when you, you talk about nfts we'll we'll dabble in nfts but we'll we'll stay in our lane of creating you know ipos around real tangible assets but 
to your ultimate point, yeah, the pandemic allowed people to really think about, man, like how many different ways can I can I hedge my bets on my investments? And what are the new and creative ways I could do that? You know, the stock market is the stock market, right? I mean, it's always going to be around. But for the new generation coming up, that's kind of like their parents or the grandparents game type thing. And to be honest with you, the stock market doesn't do a good job of making itself available and, and knowledgeable to the, to, the, to the everyday person. Um, so when you talk about alternative asset investments, even NFTs that, that, created, that are created around things you know, that's where money is going now. Because it's like, man, I'm comfortable with this. I know this. Let me put my money here. So we, we think, to your point, we're in a good place at the right time to really take advantage of a shift in kind of thinking of investment and how you can hedge your bets in terms of investment. Yeah, absolutely. That's like kind of what I was thinking with the timing. It's like people are spending a lot on lots of different things, you know, everything from, you know, like I mentioned, the NFTs, which are art or in some cases, music or other things. So uh, really interesting. You're, you're hitting it right on with the, the timing. That's yep. one of the most critical things. So very cool. I wanted to ask a couple more follow up questions and kind of wrap here. But one of them was, um, you know, about the the shoes themselves that you have, like I'm assuming, you know, they're worth a lot. So you've got to protect them. I'm curious how you're protecting them. And you don't have to get into the exact details, but obviously I want to understand that. And then just in general, like if, if I, if you were to like, let's say continue to grow, take more funding, exit through an acquisition or through an IPO yourself, or, you know, in worst case scenario, you know, go out of business, which I don't think that's going to happen right now, but you know, what, what happens to the shoes, <laughs> I guess. And what happens to my shares? Sure. Sure. Well, first to answer the first, your first question, so the, all the shoes are under my bed, but no, just playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're in your house somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they're they're in a vault, like a yeah. jewelry vault so. in Vegas that you know yeah. obviously is you know climate controlled, yeah. and they're insured as art too. So yeah. they're actually double insured as art. Um, so yeah, they sit in a vault in Vegas, and you know that's the safest place for them. Right. Um, Unless you're Ocean 14, they'll be out there trying to steal them. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so in terms of like, you know, what are, you know, there, there's a lot of potential acquisition partners for us, you know, knock on wood. I mean, it, you know, if we continue to do execute, if, if we continue to execute on the little things, you know, I, I feel good about someone potentially coming in and acquiring us um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, now, obviously, there, there's, there's, you know, the chance of going out of business is always there. And as an entrepreneur, you don't think about it because you don't ever think about failing, but you always, you know, you, you have to be cognizant of, you know, all the different angles of the business could go. Um, but the beauty of our business is <laughs> these shoes still have their value. So we could always liquidate the shoes and, and right. get people's money back or money out of their investments um, mm -hmm. because the shoes themselves are the assets. And, you know, we own the assets basically. So, yeah. um, you know, that, that's, you know, we can liquidate the assets if we ever get to that point, basically. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't. But I always have to ask that question, both sides of it, because yep. you're right. Like, yep. yeah, there's a lot of potential. I was even thinking Sotheby's, who you got the the easy easies from, like, they could be another one that could acquire you for continue to do this, right? They're they're kind of in a similar realm. It's just not in this exact space. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, You talk about Sotheby's, and, you yeah. know, I actually was in New York last weekend meeting with Sotheby's on, on some other things, but... Um, you know, you, you just think about their, their clientele is, is, is literally dying away. You know what I'm right. saying? Like yep. Old auction house, kind of, you know, the older people, 
Um, so they're looking for a new way to become relevant and they're doing a great job. You know, they're doing an amazing job of getting into sneakers and, and other alternative assets that they auction off and, and, and they're, and they're doing well. Um, but to have a, an actual sneaker IPO platform or a platform that can IPO sneakers and anything else they want to IPO that would fit perfect in their portfolio. So you're right. Sotheby's is a, is, could be a logical acquisition partner. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's others as well, which um, some might even be strategic investors. So uh, I want to keep moving here. We've got a few more questions. Um, you, you've, you've started a couple of companies and I, you know, and obviously have some, you know, as a professional athlete, you have a lot of experience in, in a lot of things. And so I wanted to get kind of some of your startup do's and don'ts or any tips for anybody out there thinking about creating something, you know, as you know, the crazy idea, which was rare as a few years ago, which is now out there in the world. Right. And it's actually hit the timing perfectly. You know, yeah. what, what do you say to those folks? Man, you know, it's <laughs> don't quit. You know, there's so many obstacles, even when you have a great idea, it's, it's never going to be easy. And, you know, it sounds very cliche, but, you know, as Jay-Z said, the only thing that made us special was we didn't quit. There's nothing else. There's literally nothing else. If you have a great idea, don't quit. But the caveat to that is you have to understand when you're either late with a great idea or way too early with that great idea. Because I've been on both sides of that that coin flip, right? Um, when I first got to Vegas with Fluencer, I think I was a little, little, little early, maybe, or you know, we'll see. A little early, um, but I was also early with my with rares when I first three years ago. You right. know, so it's a matter of timing it too. And you know, you ask, well, how do you know when the timing? Well, it's kind of like when you start when you first start talking about the concept. If people don't, if people look at you crazy. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're a little early or you're kind of right on time because there's nothing else like that. Um, so it's a, it's a matter of you doing a good job of not quitting and figuring out a way you can either explain this better or just show them better, basically. But the biggest thing is not quitting, you know, like, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, literally sleeping on benches overnight because I couldn't afford the hotel room or I didn't, you know, didn't think I needed the hotel room. And then going, waking up and going to pitch this idea three years ago um, and people looking at me crazy, like, what do you mean sneakers are an investment class? Sneakers are sneakers. And I'm like, no, they're an investment class. So some of the some of the do's, is, you know, or don'ts is don't quit. You know, some of the do's is make sure you 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 have the, everything about the concept thought out properly. Now, you don't have to have the whole like five years and, you know, who you're going to hire in this position. Like, just make sure you can answer every question about your concept, especially if it's just a concept. You know what I'm saying? Like most people just think of the big things, but never think about the little things. Um, and the little things are the things that that literally allow you to succeed and fail. Um, I mean, Frank, you know that as well as anybody. Like, and they're going to ask you about the little things. When I say they, not only the the market, the the, the community you're going after, but also investors. You right. know, you, you know, you don't want to get to a, a place where you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. So you right. want to literally think about everything from big to small to, you know, to, you know, just the craziest things about your concept. And, and I think, you know, you just need a little luck, you know, like, like, like you said, Frank, me starting during the pandemic, that was kind of lucky. Like, like who would ever known the world would shut down and allow right. people to get in front of their computers and research and be willing and open to other things. Um, and not just the status quo. So you need a little luck in all of that. And, and, I, and I definitely had that luck going for me. Um, but it was a mixture of 
knowing my concept inside and out because I had so much time to think about it. I remember going to sleep thinking about the concept. I was like, no, nah, that wouldn't work. You know, like, well, yeah, that would work. Then do it like this then, you know, or thinking about, a, you know, a, a, a problem and a week later coming up with a solution after thinking about it every night for a week. So I knew when I got back in front of investors, they weren't going to find too many holes, right? I mean, nothing's perfect, but they weren't going to find too many holes in the concept. Um, but also knew I wasn't going to give up on the concept. And then I started to realize that that the the luck pendulum was actually shifting when 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 we came out the pandemic or when we were in the pandemic coming out of the pandemic and people started talking about these NFTs and these 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 you know these crazier ways of thinking you know and I was like okay well check this out you know what I'm saying like so the biggest thing is don't quit don't quit and know everything about your company um and your concept and you know just pray for a little luck i mean yep, i think a little luck it's all you need and keep and keep yep. going i love that and yep. uh you know just um you know like you said the timing was perfect for this and and i, I wish you the best of luck with everything but before we get going here because we are we are at about time here i wanted to ask what else could uh, is there anything else people could learn uh, about you or your company or any place that if you want to contact you what's the best place to go oh man they, they could they, well first they could go to um at rares app um, you know, we do a good job of educating people, not only on things that are important to me, like financial literacy, um, which, which is everything to me. Um, but also just, you know, what, what is a bid? What is an ask? What is an IPO? What is fractional ownership? So going to the, the IG page or any of our social media, which is at rares app, or they can find me at Jerome Sapp and that's Jerome with a G G E R O M E S A P P. So I'm pretty available. Um, if you DM me, I, I will always eventually try to get back to you. Um, or if you DM um, us at Rares, uh, one of us will get back to you. And and if you know, so we try to make ourselves pretty available. But if you want to learn as much as you can, you should probably go to at Rares app because um, you get a good mixture of me, the company, the concept, and our sneakers too. Right, and that's on IG. And then uh, yep. also you can go to rares.io on the web and check out the it, website. Yep, rares.io. Yep, or rares. the, the, the um, iOS store, uh, Rares app as well. Rares app, got it. Okay, in the iOS store. Thank you, Jerome. It was great to talk to you. And, you know, as an elite athlete, as well as hearing now how you're taking on entrepreneurship with this latest product and uh, Rares, and uh, really cool to catch up, learn what you're up to. So, Thanks for joining us and continuing to uh, you know, be a part of the startup community. Before we go though, I'd like to take a, a moment to highlight one of our portfolio companies. Uh, they're also alumni uh, of the startup of the year and uh, super relevant to, to companies like Rares that have raised funding, um, you know, or not, I guess, either way. The company is, is Finmark. Finmark is a financial planning and software for revenue forecasting, cash projections, and runway, all super critical to anybody starting or running a business. You need to know what uh, your cash flow looks like, and this product will definitely help you with that. The kind of de facto in the industry is pretty much spreadsheets, and this is a lot better. So check out Finmark. If you want to try a 30-day free trial, go to est.us forward slash Finmark, est.us forward slash Finmark. It's on us, and uh, get started right away. It should help your business quite a bit. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and you're able to pull something interesting from the conversation. If you enjoyed the episode, please do share it with someone that you think will find it helpful. Sharing is caring and we want to spread the word far and wide. I found it really important that, you know, the stories that, that Jerome shared and, and really inspirational as well about uh, finding your next thing. So 
maybe there's somebody out there that could benefit from that. So share it, please, and uh, let us know what you think in our reviews. So if you have a startup idea out there and want to get it going, get it going today. Today is the best day to start up. Not tomorrow, not the next day. Get it going. Iterate. Maybe it's not the right timing, like, like Jerome mentioned, but you can continue to kind of think about it, try to perfect it, and then maybe wait for that right time to, to actually do it in the world like he did with Rares. And in doing so, I encourage you to join our startup community, which gives you access to support, expert advice, and resources that you need to elevate your startup just by going to est.us forward slash join. You can join us. We're going to try to help you along the journey because that's what we're all about. Until next time, I'm Frank Gruber signing off. Thanks again for listening and wishing you the best of luck and future success with your venture. Thanks for listening to the Startup of the Year podcast. Be sure to subscribe and we'll be back with another episode soon.